Hey everyone, I'm Alex Cantor. And I'm Lily Rosenthal. Welcome to our podcast, Hot Pastrami. We are coming to you from our favorite booth at Cantor's Deli here in LA. We're going to invite some of our friends to join us for a chat over some matzo ball soup and pastrami sandwiches. So join us for new episodes of Hot Pastrami every week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. See you soon. Bye. Hey, it's Herbert. And you're listening to the About Last Night podcast, you slippery little son of a bitch. Let's go live with Jeff Garland, huh? Go live with Jeff Garland. What do you mean Papa John's is killing it? <laughs> what did you just say? Papa John's is killing it? Dude, you know, trying to kill time before your uh, buddy logs Wait, off. wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. No, no, let's take a step back. What the fuck is Papa John's is killing it? <laughs> Yo, what did you mean? They're killing it as far as, like, they've corralled Shaq into their marketing scheme. You know what I'm saying? That's not killing it. Have you ever seen his commercials? Every Shaq commercial is fucking tired. (laughs) No offense to Mr. Shaquille O'Neal. He he was one of the greatest basketball players of all time. And he was a wonderful actor on Curb Your Enthusiasm. So That being said, (laughs) commercially, when he pops on the screen, I don't think, oh, this company's got it down. I think to myself, this company's desperate. He's not, you know, I'd rather have Barkley as a spokesperson because right. I think it's more interesting. You're saying that because Jack's done so much that now it's not special. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. if you ask me, I can't think of a day in the last 10 years that I haven't turned on the TV and he hasn't been in a commercial. <laughs> and then, by the way, let's also take a jump. Papa fucking John's and their stupid-ass pizza. You eat Papa John's? No, I haven't had it since the early 90s. Well, by the way, if you live in a major city, even during a pandemic, you know you've done your research as to great pizza places. Yeah. My favorite pizza in town is Dino's Pizza, which is in Burbank. They have so many choices. It is so fucking good. And one pizza that they have, and I may order it tonight. I shouldn't, but I may. I, I hit my um, goal weight with my weight. You look uh, good. Thank you. Without dieting, just sitting with my feelings. But I may, I may fucking order Dino's Pizza tonight. I fucking love Dino's Pizza. Can't say enough good things. There's other good ones, too. LBK is another one that's in the Valley. I live uh, up Mulholland, so I get both sides. But I love Dino's Pizza. That's my personal favorite. As a matter of fact, fuck yeah. I'm going to watch a movie tonight. My allergies, if you can't tell, I'm fucking dying. And... (laughs) I'm going to get myself a Dino's pizza and fucking watch uh, some uh, English procedural. I love English cop shows. That's my favorite thing to watch. I love movies, too. I watch lots of movies and, and I watch TV shows. But English procedurals, fuck me, love. What's, uh, what's so special about them? Just the stories are a little more... Well, they're, they're more real than... We, we as Americans rarely do procedurals right they're very commercial yep they're very you can see the executives involved in it whereas there they do six seven episodes they're at with the top actors you know oh so good uh what uh line of duty might be my favorite and supposedly i don't know supposedly they're in production for a new season but watch line of duty okay Ooh. i've been watching a bunch and of- also marcella Marcella on on Netflix, my highest recommendation. Get a Dino's Pizza and watch Marcella on Netflix. Uh, They just did season three, which is the best season of them all, but they're all great and it builds. You know how they they say, what would you do for a Klondike bar? If they did that commercial with Dino's Pizza, what would be your like, what would you do? What would you be willing to do for a Dino's Pizza? I'd take a nap. (laughs) 
In other words, nothing. I'm happy to pay for it. Anything else you want from me, I'm not doing. Yeah, I guess you can get what you want. What's the craziest thing you've been gifted from like fans or from like, I don't know. Fans? Co-workers? I got a painting. Someone's painted me before numerous times. One of the paintings is hanging backstage at Largo. Um, People that you know painted you? No, no. These are gifts from people I don't know. And then um, I get some other stuff. But then uh, uh, I've gotten weed plenty of times, uh, cookies and candy, which I don't eat. And I just pass them on to somebody. But if it's from a stranger, I throw it away. I don't know. You know, you just reminded me of, too, when you said uh, Papa John. You went on your Papa John's rant, which, by the way, I think a lot of people would subscribe to that podcast if it was just a weekly 10 minutes of you. <laughs> Ranting about Papa John's. By the way, they would have to be big fans of mine or hate Papa John's. And yeah. there's, a, there's a lot more that hate Papa John's than are fans of mine. If I could get all the Papa John's haters to become my fans, I could be as big as Kevin Hart. <laughs> I could play stadiums. I could play fucking stadiums, ironically. Yeah, and, and all the Papa John's advertises. All the shows would be sponsored by Papa John's. Yeah. Just you know, I know, um, well, what's his name? The quarterback that did the Papa John's commercial. Oh, Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning. I know Peyton Manning. We're not friends. We're acquaintances. I love Peyton Manning. But if Peyton Manning has a low point in his life, it's his affiliation with Papa John's and the guy kissing him when he won the Super Bowl. He gave him a kiss on the cheek. Papa John did. Fuck, how much do you think they get paid like post-Super Bowl? I think they- Oh, by the way, Papa Pop oh, you mean the players or Papa John's thing? Well, the players you're I- talking, by the way, you're talking not not even single digit millions. He's probably getting 10, 15 million to affiliate himself or they're giving him ownership or something. I feel like yeah. Peyton Manning post Super Bowl dropped like eight sponsors in 12 seconds. He was like, I can't wait to get home, have a slice of Papa John's pizza, wash it down with a Coors Light and give my wife some Tampax tampons before she <laughs> head. And he was like, well, by the way, you're not far off. But <laughs> the, uh, uh, he, he actually, I, I love him. I love him, man. He told me when they lose, he would, when he would when he would lose, he would lock himself in a room and watch Curb until he felt better. Isn't that cool? I did a direct TV commercial with him, Barry Sanders, and uh, Dick Butkus. Wow, Barry, all Barry three fuck, of them I love, but Dick Barry Butkus. Fuck kill. What's that? Mary fuck kill. Peyton Manning, Barry Sanders, Dick Butkus. All right, you don't play. Send me an email with your answers now, Jeff. No, no there's. The, the, <laughs> There's no, I'll nap, I'll nap and think about all three of them. I'm meant to napping. I don't do anything more. Somebody now. just quoted a joke that I think I said a while ago about Papa John's. I said, Papa John's looks like he blamed a fart on a fat kid in an elevator. Oh, he does. He does. He's always got the look of like, he just like. like but he's, by the way, he doesn't even work for the company anymore as far as I know. He, is, he, he was, got fired. Yeah, you can't be dropping racial slurs in like. <laughs> no, 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 no. Hold on. You can't be dropping racial slurs, period, unless you're at a KKK meeting. Then they applaud. Other than that. I like how I had to say in pizza meetings as if that was like. Oh, in pizza meetings, which he did. Crazy. Who does that? How does that even come up, by the way? It's just like. By the way, if you're a private fucking racist, it's not if, it's when you get caught. If you're a private fucking sexist, it's not if, it's when you get caught. Yeah. You know what? Because I, I improvise. You know that, okay? When I go up on stage and I'm making up all the shit from the moment I walk up, yeah. I mean, I might think of a story that I tell, but until the end, I know I'm going to say something stupid because I'm a man. Yeah. But I also know there's not a chance in hell of me saying something ignorant. I'm not going to say something racist, sexist, hateful. That's not... It's nowhere in me, yes, nowhere. Yeah. But as a man, oh, I'll say something stupid. You can bet your bottom dollar, because we are just no matter how. Uh, I know. Unless we're a fucking wise man sitting uh, on a hill somewhere in our diapers, you know, being just knowing the world and barefoot. Except for those dudes, even those dudes would say something stupid if they talked to them, because they're men. Yes. We're idiots. That we are. We're dumbs. That's why we still get off when guys will still drop penises on guys' faces when they fall asleep first. We still do that. I haven't done that ever, but I but have laughed can't. 
No, no, but I laugh. I've never done it, but I've laughed many times at that. And by the way, you know what my favorite one is? The lipstick while they're sleeping. Is the oh, lipstick. yeah. So there, I remember being at a friend's wedding and one of the guys fell asleep and they lipsticked him up and he woke up. He had no idea it was a thing of beauty. And he just um, really even walked into normal life. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> How great was that? I watched one on Instagram the other day of a guy asleep. I'd never seen this. They had a um, an egg, a cooked, just the yellow yolk of an egg in a spoon. And they put it in his mouth and it's so, the texture is so slippery that with a half open mouth, it can just slip right in, like they just tilted it and it, he just swallowed it and he just goes, <laughs> and then he woke up and he was like, Fuck you guys! and it's like, how mad can you be? You swallowed an egg whole, but yeah, still, but like, on the flip side of that, what, what's the reasoning behind that? That's the dumbest <laughs> thing I've ever heard. No what reason. thought of that is a man who's mentally challenged. <laughs> My, uh, do you think there's, what do you think the point is? Because uh, where, a, where a, a, a man, a young boy even, starts to develop just as, enough smarts to be able to uh, navigate through society. Because my nephew is six, and we were playing Heads Up, the kid version, and oh. it, was, it had animals on the front. And you would you try to get them to guess what animal it was by making noises of the animal, right? And it was rooster. And we all go, ur, 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 ur. I even said cock-a-doodle-doo, what a rooster does. With all the confidence in the world, Jeff, he looks right at us and goes, wolf. Bing. I don't get it. So you have to make the noise of the animal that's on the picture, right? We're trying to get him to guess rooster. It's rooster. So he's doing wolf as a joke? No. He thought that was a wolf? Yes. And what By the way, these are meetings you need to have with your family. You need to have <laughs> and work this out because I don't have an answer for that. I do know. Will he grow it, out of that? It, it used to be that a brain was developed, they thought, 25. And now they're thinking more 30. Oh, and wow. I can tell you that I probably, the, the bump in the road for me in terms of, was when I moved to New York, where I moved to New York, I believe at 27. And I think that was my transitional period. My time spent in New York at 27 on my own. Uh, prior to that, I lived in Chicago, lived in South Florida with my family. And yeah, I was meant, to, and, and by the way, still, off at 27 but i think that i was able to be more of a man more oh, thoughtful yeah. yep that, at that point it was 27 for me very clearly and i also was very much i took things hard i was you know i was sensitive yeah, yeah very sensitive but not a, i wasn't worried about ego but yeah 27 for me was when so really you know teenagers you know, I'm not, I love, my, my sons are 20 and 24, and I'm constantly telling Marla, like, hey, man, just be patient. They're supposed to be idiots. They're 20 and 24. Yeah, give and them time. Thing, give them time, yes. Even I, at that age, you can't, you can't, uh, also, especially, there's got to be an extra level of, um, I don't know, acceptance now for them to, or, right. or do you think there's more pressure to kind of figure it out because we're in strange times where it's like, no, no. Well, at least they're not getting pressure from me, although yeah. I'm talking about life with them and they're doing the best they can. But it's hard to have your children blossom during a pandemic. It just really is. Yeah. I'm empathetic with their challenge. I feel for them. <laughs> I'm just kidding. There's nobody there. Hey, guys. Comedian Adam right here. Hope you're enjoying this episode of the About Last Night podcast. Boy, I got to tell you, I've been feeling good lately. And the reason why? Koi CBD. That's right. Back in the game, feeling like my best self. Look, Koi CBD is the best CBD company in the business. I don't care what you hear from other people, other comics, Koi CDB, CBD. See, I got so much BBD, CBD inside me, I ain't even fucking talking right. You know why? Because I slept well on the Koi CBD gummies. That's right. They've got everything from tinctures to bath bombs to gummies. Uh, they got a skincare line coming soon. They got hand sanitizer during these times. It's very important. So, what you want to do, if you want to start feeling like your best self, you want to take some Koi CBD bombs, put them in the bath, okay? What? Yeah, come on in. Jackson, I'm doing an ad for my podcast. Can you say, hi? Hello. Say, I use CBD gummies. I use CBD gummies. From Koi. From Koi. Koi's the best. Koi's the best. It makes me feel good. It makes me feel good. I feel like my best self. I feel my best self. Look at these muscles. Look at these muscles. Kiss them. 
If you get Koi CBD right now, you go to KoiCBD.com, promo code about last night, and you get 20% off your first order. That's incredible. Bath bombs, tinctures, skincare, hand sanitizer, gummies. They've got everything. They're my favorite. It's who I use. So start using it for you too. I can't recommend these guys enough. They're homies and all this shit works. Jackson, say 20% off. 20% off. If you use the promo code about last night. If you use the promo code after night. About last night. About last night. Show them those guns again. Kiss them. Mm. Enjoy the rest of the episode. Are, do, you, do you find yourself crying at movies or commercials more so because you're uh, just more in touch with, uh, you know, the, uh, the state of the no world? No kidding around. I had one day, and I don't know why, don't know before, don't know after, but I had one day where I was so emotionally moved by everything that I saw. Like, I would get weepy. It was one day, and I'm trying to remember what movie it was that I was watching. That Forrest Gump? Like, no, you know what it was? I'm not even making this up. When he, oh. No, Toy Story 4. And then I watched Coco, Toy Story. I watched a bunch of Pixar stuff. I'd never seen Toy Story 4. I'm one of the voices. Yeah. So, and then and then Coco, which I think is a fucking masterpiece. The masterpiece, yep. Um, Coco was so beautiful. Cried during that, loved it. My friend Lee Unkrich, uh, that was his movie that Shut he up. made. He directed, yeah. So I watched some Pixar stuff. But I was so, here's what it was. I watching Toy Story 4, which I loved the first half of it. There were too many characters for me. Yeah. It lost me. And that, by the way, it's still very good. Yeah. But it didn't hold up to the other Pixar movies because there was, I mean, you've got the Toy Story characters. People love them. Do you need to add, I'm not exaggerating, they added at least a dozen characters on Toy Story yeah. 4 with famous people's voices. It's like, no. It thing. was like if the Brady Bunch, you knew the family. If they, every episode, brought in a new neighbor, you'd be like, fucking, we get it. They live in a cul-de-sac. And they did. They had that little boy Oliver towards the yeah. end of... Uh, <laughs> yeah. Nobody uh, cared uh, for him. Yeah, was it Oliver or was that the Partridge family that had Oliver? Either I don't way. remember. I don't remember. Stars either way. Too many. Well, anyhow, so they kind of lost me on that one. Look, Pixar used to be bigger than the whole thing. Yes. And for some reason, once they closed their deal with Disney and did all their stuff, they advertise heavily who the voices are now. When I was doing them, no, no. And now it's like, you're, you know who the voices are. And yeah. who goes to see an animated movie based on hearing someone's <laughs> voice? I, I don't think, no. Isn't there the a trust level? Don't. Isn't there a trust level with Pixar to like, I'm going to see every Pixar movie because yeah. they're great? Not anymore for me. You know, Coco was the last one that blew my mind. Yeah. Uh, uh, Wally, Wally's a tearjerker. Wally's a perfect movie. I can't believe I'm involved with Wally. I, I can't. You're so fucking good in that movie, man. It's like. Uh, thanks, man. Oh, dude. It, it was, I'm more proud of Wally than I am anything else in my career. Wow. For real? For real. More than, well, curb, more than anything. Wally. Well, did, did you enjoy even just the VO process of, of going in? And, and how much did you get to see as you before you were laying down dialogue? Right, this, that's a great question. Thank you. Because I worked on that movie for three years. I'd fly up there, do a session, and they would come down here at Disney and do a session. We went back and forth. Three years. Guess what? First time I saw anything, Pixar does two premieres. They do the Hollywood premiere. And they do a and one private... for Papa John's employees. Sorry, keep going. <laughs> no, just just for Papa John. And he kisses <laughs> he kisses everybody involved. And then Peyton Manning comes on the screen with a special message. No, so I didn't see a thing. I'm not exaggerating until I saw the Pixar premiere up in Oakland is where it was. And now you have to understand when I do looping, whether I do looping on. Um, uh, an animated or a regular movie. And looping's when you put your voice in. They yep. need to get it saying something yep. else or whatever. I never look at the screen. I say, play it for me. And I close my eyes. I go, okay, all right. And what do you want? Okay. And then I do it. And Holy shit. No more than two or three takes. To match when it you, completely. Well, the thing is, people are, are using their eyes to match the voice. And that is a waste of time because it adds a whole other sensation right. where if you just close your eyes and you hear it, it's your voice 
what rhythm do you want? What, what is it you want me to say? And then I keep my eyes closed because on the screen is the thing. I right. keep it closed and I'll say it. So I never saw a thing until the week that it premiered both at Pixar and then the end of the week in Hollywood. And the first time I saw it, I was weeping because I couldn't believe I was involved with something so beautiful. Wow. That's yeah. fucking incredible. Yeah, yeah, because I mean, seeing it from the, the anticipation, I'm sure, is uh, enormous. In just two to what three years it takes for them to complete a film of that it magnitude. Takes three years. And by the way, you know why Pixar movies are so good in general? Because they, all the creatives watch. They make the movie many, many times. Yeah. Via computer, not like something you want an audience to see. But the story is there. And guess what they do? They'll do it and then they turn to each other and they are fucking critical. They hammer each other. All the filmmakers, all the tastemakers at Pixar sit in a room and they slam each other. Wow. And yeah, whoever's making the movie, you better have thick skin because they're coming at you hard. <laughs> so... What happens ultimately? The best possible movie. Yeah. The last time a movie was made that way, to my knowledge, was Charlie Chaplin, was The Silence. Charlie Chaplin would shoot for a week on one scene because he's paying for it, his studio, and then he'd watch it, whatever, and go, this isn't working. Rewrite the whole thing. So you wonder why his movies are so beautiful yeah. because he would reshoot and redo. And Pixar makes their movies probably at least a half a dozen times, if not more. That's they amazing. remake it. So you know why the Marx Brothers movies are so funny is because they went on the road and in theaters around the country, they did a play version of their movies and they knew what jokes worked. They ran them. They had great writers and they would run the show, and then they would film the movie knowing full well what worked and what didn't work. Wow. They perfected it. And I've always thought that's the way uh, that a movie could be done. Oh, yeah. With the same ever, version. Have you ever pitched any Pixar? You know, I met John Lasseter at this. Adam Kroll and I were doing a show. It was him, and they were honoring him and John Lasseter at the Peterson Automotive Museum over on Wilshire. Oh, because of cars. Yeah, yeah and, all the cars. Yeah, and, yeah. And I and know Lassiter Adam's into there. cars. And so they were like, yeah, feel free to, like, make jokes at him or whatever. So I pitched him. I just quickly, like, decided to riff on a couple pitches to him for Pixar movies, but decided to make them very filthy. And I was pitching him, like, these, like, you know, like, middle-aged <laughs> clits, animated clits. And, like, it was a whole genital-related, like, story. And he was dying laughing. And so the more, and, and I kept going, I realize a lot of you are not finding this funny, but Lasseter is the one laughing. So I'm going to proceed with more details on what this movie would actually look like. Mm -hmm. And that just got him laughing harder and harder. And then finally it reached the tipping point. And then that, that's about when I had to get off. And then Corolla got up there and was like, I don't think we'll be seeing an animated clip movie anytime soon. And it was, uh, Lasseter came up and we shared some giggles and, had a couple of cocktails and, and then I never saw him again. I tried to roundabout reach out, had see if my voiceover agent would reach out to him and be like, I made him laugh with this clip movie. They're like, what are you talking about? We're gonna drop you. I was like, fair enough. But have you ever had ideas for movies where you've been like, oh, I know enough people, I should try to put this down on paper and, and send it off? Well, yes, but they're all original ideas. For example, I've never pitched Pixar. I've never, I've never, honestly got truth. I've been doing the show for 20, over 20 years, 10 seasons. I have never pitched Larry David. What? No, 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 no. He's, he's got it covered. <laughs> I don't, and we people story come, ideas or anything. Nope. And now when we're shooting, I can have an idea on something we're working on the scene to help make it better, but only through his vision. Like I work for him the way I look at it. I'm a, I'm a second banana and I'm a producer. My job is to get his vision on the screen. Okay. Not my vision. Okay. So what I find is really funny is when strangers come up to me and pitch me ideas and I say to them, Hey, I'm an executive producer on the show. <laughs> I have license. I have never pitched him. But your idea is going to be good. And guess what? No one, no one has ever pitched me anything worthwhile. And I would gladly go, hey, that's great. 
But, and I tell them ahead of time, I go, I'm not going to like it. It's not going to be as funny as you think. Because people, people think all the time, which I don't want to take away from them. I just had a curve moment. I have a curve moment. Well, not one that people should see, one that you, you know, one that you experienced, but not one that people should see. Oh, I know. I, I, it's and I, so much harder to do great comedy than people ever. You know what's great about the pandemic and Me Too and Black Lives Matter? I'm going to tell you flat out please, you know, what the matter is. Yes. And you have nothing to worry about. I'm going to tell you why. Because young white comedians are going to be in trouble. And do you know why they're in trouble? Because mediocrity is no longer acceptable. Uh, shock is no longer acceptable. So all for, let's go outside of comedy first. Outside of comedy, you people who think they're funny, they put things up on their social media, and it's not funny, and they're fired. Because I was making a joke, even blackface that some people, they think is hilarious. Yeah. Okay? So it eliminates your average Joe from trying to be funny if they're remotely intelligent. Right. Only be funny with your close friends. Right. It's like only share your political views, not share your racism. If you're doing that, you're going to get caught, like I said. <laughs> but I'm saying your political views, whatever it is, religious views, you keep that with your cl close to you. Yes. Unless you're a master comedian, like unless you're a fucking great, like Lewis Black, for example. Sure. If you're Lewis Black, spew it, man, because you're brilliant. You know, okay. Lewis, so, Lewis Black, like you, as you would say, is a big bowl of awesome. So it's fucking awesome. Right. You know? But he's great. I don't do political comedy. I'm not skilled in that area. I know that. But what's also great now is we're living in a time amongst comedians where being good, not good enough. Wow. Not good enough. No kidding. You have to be great. I think that there's going to be a lot of women and people of color getting opportunities that are better than what their talent is which by the way i got no arguments with sure and i love the idea you know back in the day if you hear about like professional athletes in the 50s and 60s who are black they had to work so much harder than their mediocre white counterparts to get an opportunity to break free on a run to yeah to get the attention yes so i feel that we're in that way comedy which is an area i know where the mediocre white guy is leaving the planet. If you're, <laughs> if you're pretty good and you're white, you might as well look for another job now because you're not going to get opportunities. Fuck. You're pretty good and you're black and you're going to. Because if you look at black comedians in history, if you look, every one of them's a genius who became famous. Yeah. Everyone was so much better than everybody else that you couldn't deny them. Right. But if you look through the history of comedy, I'm not talking about star stars. But a lot of mediocre white people got opportunities. And those days are gone, and I love it. I love it. <laughs> Get the fuck out. I always, like, to me, it just, what it does is it just eliminates, like, how many times have you sat, let's just even say the store. You're in the original room, you're watching somebody, and you think to yourself, who the fuck told you to get up there? Who the fuck told you that, uh, you, were, that you were offering something that we need it? Because you don't have it. It's happened. And it happens. Well, those days are going to be those days are over. far between. Yes, 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 yes. Well, I mean, you know, also. Because we have to make room now for women. And people of color, all different types of people of color, to get their opportunities, which I am fucking for. It's yeah. all been against them for so long out here. And the only white guys that are popping through that are still going to have a career or make a career are ones who are so great they can't be denied, just like black comics have been for years. Yeah. That's the only way you're getting through, white guy. Wow. So, and I so love it. Let's go. So do you think if you're a uh, a white guy even trying to, because, you know, I'm sure you get hit up uh, and, and talk about a guy who's generous with opportunities like you are probably the best I know. Oh, I love I love mentoring. I love helping. I, oh, yeah. I, I, I love that. Something after I think maybe three times of hanging out with you at, at, at social gatherings and you saying and getting to know me and you being like, I'm going to put you in something. And then like a month later, you did, which I know that's not the case for everybody, which people think. And by the way. What I'm saying about you got to be great. You were great in my movie. You weren't good, 
you were fucking great. And the way I envisioned you, and I envisioned you great, you were even better than I thought. You were so great. Uh, and you had so much chemistry with, uh, what's her name, who played opposite you in the scene. I, lo I love her. Yeah. My brain is kind of dead. Anyhow. But you uh, that that... So if you're saying that, that uh, you know, to be a white guy and to break through tougher, if you've got guys that are hitting you up or hitting me, whoever, and, and trying to get advice, because I get that all the time now, especially when there's less to do, people are like, well, now I guess this is the time when I should start comedy or start a podcast. Would you then, then say, hey, man, fucking, why don't no, you? No, I'd say good luck to you. Yeah. And not sarcastically. What else am I supposed to say? Yeah. Good luck. I will always help no matter what sex no matter what color anyone i see that's great and i have all different types of women and color and whatever i don't even do that on purpose i've just always been open-minded that yeah. way that i don't care what somebody is they better be funny yeah. so i have people who open for me i give them a shot and if they rise to it i give them more shots and if, if i think they're funny they can also bomb and i'll give them more shots um because I rec I think I recognize funny. I think, you know, it's it's the only area of expertise that I have. I've been doing this for 38 years. It's the only one I think I have. Jeff, yeah. that's... Yeah. 38 years. Do you... 38. And Curb is about to come back for an 11. 11. 11, yeah. I mean, dude, that is... I, and you told me you guys are, I mean, as of now, right? Planning, production, it's... It's, November, uh, November, we're supposed to start. The Goldbergs are supposed to start mid-August. I, I don't know. Um, all I know is that I'm you hopeful. You have, a you have a preference of, I mean, both, you know, uh, Curb, I feel like, obviously, with everything going down, and, and you know, just like any Curb fanatic, and, uh, and I mean, I'll even just text you dialogue in the middle of the night, and you're, you know, appreciative enough to be like, yeah, that was a good time. I was half asleep. Can you fucking maybe wait till the morning or whatever? <laughs> but uh, there are so many, like, to get the curb commentary and situations now, like, I can only imagine, like, what you see with people in stores with masks. I mean, can you, do you not help? I, you? Don't, I, I, I know the storyline has nothing to do with the pandemic, but I think there'll be some pandemic stuff in it. There has to be. No, there doesn't. It just has to be funny. Because, by the way, by the time it airs, for all we know, and hopefully this shit will be over. Oh, and, uh, you're yeah. right. So let's right. say we film it in November. It's not coming out until quite possibly the following fall. If not, the earliest would be the spring or summer. It could be the fall. fall. So let's say we're out of it. You really want to watch even Larry's commentary on it? I, no. I, I mean, if there's little things, great. But I... Uh, I I don't think that people are going to want to be reminded, you know, but if anyone could do it, it's certainly Larry David. Yeah. You know? Do you, I have to ask uh, you because in your special, um, is that on Netflix, which people, yep. uh, our man, our man in Chicago. I'm very, I could not, you know, I was just, I was talking to my friend, uh, Flanny, you know, who owns Largo. Yeah. And, and I said, literally right before I talked to you, I said, how blessed am I? that I was able to do a special, have it turn out even better than I could ever possibly have imagined. Yep. And it comes out before the pandemic. It, that I filmed it before the pandemic, not that it comes out, it could come out now even and be fine. Right. But, and it's, it's exactly captures what I do. And so I feel so blessed that that was able to happen. And I'm not doing, if, if I never do stand up again, I'm so pleased with that as a record. Yeah, that's sure. the amount of people that, that had them prepped. I know two people who were getting ready to shoot theirs probably like end of March, early April. And it's like they it were waited till the last second. And then it was just like, you know, when it rained, of course, it was literally like a day between two days where it was like, we're going to wait and see. And then it was like, everything's done, you know. It's all done. I know. And I, by the way, I know that things will get to a point that I can shoot Curb, that I can shoot Goldbergs, that I can shoot movies, that I can do all my stuff. But I'm not doing stand-up again until rooms... Wait, hold on. Rooms are full, okay? Did you hear that? 
I just want to make sure because it said Rooms low battery. Rooms are full and the majority of people aren't wearing masks. I know there's going to be people that for the rest of time are going to wear masks. They'll either be very, you know, they'll be sickly and they need to wear a mask to go out to feel good or they're a little wackadoodle. But I don't blame them. This would make anybody wackadoodle, okay? But until a room is crowded and I can see faces, I'm never doing stand-up again. Hey guys, Adam Ray here for the About Last Night podcast. Hope you're enjoying this episode. Obviously, it's a very difficult time for everyone right now. We're all uh, challenged in finding a day-to-day routine that, uh, that makes our lives uh, consistent and awesome. And if there's something that's interfering with your happiness right now or preventing you from achieving your goals, BetterHelp Online Counseling is there for you. Uh, BetterHelp is a professional counseling service online, private, and it's so convenient. Um, I've used it for a little bit now. It's truly the only way uh, that I've found uh, to help get uh, my own issues dealt with on my own time uh, at my own pace. You can schedule secure video or phone sessions plus chat and text with your licensed professional counselor right now. They're specialized in depression, anger, stress, anxiety, family conflicts, LGBT matters, grief or relationships, uh, sleeping, which I have a lot of uh, trouble with, trauma, self-esteem. Anything that you share with them is confidential. And guess what? If you're not happy with your counselor for any reason, at any time, you can request a new one for no additional charge. There's 3,000 U.S. licensed therapists across all 50 states, available worldwide. And again, there's four ways to communicate with them. Text, chat, phone, and video. You can start communicating in under 24 hours. It's available on any desktop, mobile web, Android, and iOS apps. Schedule a video or phone session, generally weekly, unless your therapist schedules more. Uh, unless you just are really not sleeping and need to get some uh, some some additional chats in, uh, there's broad expertise in the network, which may not uh, which may not be locally available in many areas. Financial aid is available for those who qualify. It's secure. It's convenient. It's professional, and above all, it's affordable. All right, it's truly the most affordable option I found. So right now. All ALN listeners are going to get 10% off your first month with a discount code about last night. So why not get started today and start making some changes for the better in your life? You deserve it. So go to betterhelp.com slash about last night. Simply fill out a questionnaire to help them assess your needs and get matched with a counselor that you'll love. That's betterhelp.com slash about last night. Betterhelp.com slash about last night and get 10% off your first month with promo code about last night. And now back to the episode. So I don't want to say that like it won't happen. I'm hopeful, but I won't, and I'm okay with that. Not for a cap. Yeah, you don't have to. See, I have. I'm right now uh, going to Minnesota Acme Comedy Club in two weeks, and uh, it's a don't smaller. Do it. Don't do it. How much are you making? It's for the, if you're t- looking at risk reward, I mean. How much are you making? I'd make more in one voice. How much are you making? People don't care. It's like because people say, "How much are you making for that gig?" Tell me the truth. I think 2500 bucks i'll give it to you don't go <laughs> oh. that's what i was that's what i was working towards if you need money i'm happy to give you 25 give not lend you give you 2500 bucks it is uh, look it, you uh, know, by the way minneapolis is not a, a hot spot thank god but i know fucking callen went with um uh, malik to uh, fucking Texas and Arizona, and yeah. what did and what did Callen get? COVID. Well, they were they were uh, <clears throat> they were high fiving, fist bumping. You know, it's so funny. I, I was talking to Paulie. He got he goes, "Do you hear Callen got it?" He goes, "Do I, I go, "He was fist bumping everybody." And Paulie pa- Paulie without a beat just goes, "What about fist fucking?" And I go, "Yeah, I think well, Fauci said you could fist bump, but not fist bump." And then there's a beat, and then Paulie goes. What do I do in Seattle? I'm up here right now. And I was like, all right, all right, that's the end of that bit. <laughs> but yeah, they were high fiving and touching. <laughs> By the way, why would you even talk with Polly? Because <laughs> he was in Seattle. He wanted to know what to do up there. That's where I'm from. I know, but I would say I'm busy. I can't do it. Oh, no, no. Uh, okay, well, you're very nice. Uh, yeah. Not as nice as me. Uh, what? Uh, well, all right. So you, you don't. So unless stand up, it can be done the right way. You don't. It's just. Yeah, not, not worth my time. And now that I'm an improviser, and I also go off the audience's energy, I can't. You know, I was so curious when I first 
you know, I didn't hear anything about it. I was up late at night and it said, Chappelle's got a new thing. Yeah. Early on. Yeah. And I watched it and I went, well, that's the best press conference I've ever seen. That was not stand up. You know what I mean? There was nothing with a spin of comedy, but it was brilliant. I yeah. loved everything he said. Yeah. It was fucking awesome, but it wasn't stand up. What that's about, what my point. Drive in shows. What's that? People are doing shows at drive ins. Yeah, but you're, people are in their cars. I know. I, yeah. I mean, it's I guess just not. Here's the thing I empathize, but Zoom shows, drive in shows, the only thing that you could do drive in wise, I think, is music. Because it's yeah. just the, the applause, you're not going to get your regular energy, but at least you'll get applause and people will dig it. But you can't do comedy right now. Stand up comedy is not happening. And here's, I'm going to tell you something that you do that's smart. You're also an actor. And I would, if I were you, I would expand my per portfolio. I used to cut on myself because I did so many things, directing, producing, writing, uh, acting, stand-up. I have my photography. I, I mean, I do so many things. And I thought, well, you know, I'm never giving enough time to any one of them to be brilliant. Right. To be as great as stretching I can yourself, be. They say, right? What's that? Stretching yourself uh, thin. I'm right? stretching myself and not focusing on one, maybe two things. I got a half dozen. But I'll tell you what's beautiful about it. What's fucking beautiful about it is it kept me employed and it keeps me employed. Yeah, because you've done it all and do it all. Right. And so I've always stayed. I've had moments where I had no money and no work, but I cultivated new work by maybe introducing a new skill or something like that. I just it's a very active thing and it's very difficult, you know. And so people who just go, oh, I'm just going to do stand-up, uh, good luck to you. Yeah. Well, what do so you I would say for you, I'm talking to you, man. Uh, I'm sorry for pointing, uh, but, but hey. I, I, would, I would expand your portfolio as much as you can and do a lot of different things that you enjoy, that you're great at. You know, don't do any one of them. But if you, and then when things calm down, maybe focus harder on one or the other. Yeah. But I, I mean, I think you've got star quality. I think there's there's a lot of things you can do. I, I really do. I think you're you're a special dude, and you're also sweet like sugar. You're a great fucking guy. The world's a better place with you, Adam Ray. It's a fact. <laughs> no, it is. Well, I'm I mean, gonna, by the way, I'm going to send my mom just that clip. Okay, here's what I want to say to you. Share with the entire Temple Beth. No, here you got to be. You know, look, you know me. You even wrote me. Are you sure you want to do this? You want to just catch up on the phone? Because you know I don't want to be here. <laughs> I want to be. I want to be napping. This I want to be in a, in a Dino's deep dish. Fuck you. Can I just say something? Fuck yeah, motherfucker. <laughs> so, and I'm happy being alone with my dog. Here, I'll show you my dog. This is too fucking cute. Hold on. No, not there. Hold on. There we go. Holy. That's my dog, by the way, from the Goldbergs. I adopted my dog from my TV show. I think I'm the first person, and I mean this, who's ever done that. She is my best friend. We've been, we've worked together for seven years. She's lived with me for a year. I asked her trainer to help me find a dog. She goes, what about Sage? She plays the part of Lucky on the Goldbergs. Uh, she doesn't answer to Lucky, but she is fully trained. The woman who had Sage got another dog and they fought. And so she gave her to the trainer and the trainer is like, if you want her, you can have her. And I go, what do I have to do to earn this? And now she's been my best friend for a year. Little did I know that without her, I would not get through this pandemic. Oh, how because I'm or roommate get through this. I just said the other day, I go, if you're by yourself, get a goldfish, at least so you can look at something moving. It's not you. Well, it's totally. And by the way, I'm a guy who hugs and kisses and what have you. And she gets all my affection. What's in the what have you? What do you mean? You said I'm a guy that hugs and kisses and what have you. What does the what have you come with? What does that entail? That can mean something. A, a good, no, a good firm grip on the shoulder. Okay, Some good. Things are going to be all right. There's no weird what have yous. Why do you add weird shit? I'm thoughtful and kind. I don't hug anybody that I sense would not want to be hugged. There's no sexuality to my hugs. I have the best. By the way, I stopped hugging 
for a long time and I still don't hug as often as I do, but my hugs are the most delightful platonic hugs. They are. And so ladies are missing out on it and men are enjoying my hugs. <laughs> it's a fact because I have no, I don't like hug some, I mean, by the way, I have so, I, I, I would brag, I have so many women friends, but I have so many women friends and they've told me stories about creepy touching and all this stuff. What's that? About bad huggers? Oh yeah, there by the way, there are huggers that are get the fuck out of here. <laughs> by the way, you can dude, you can have your week ruined by a bad hug. I'm gonna tell you when we're not on here, maybe the creepiest hugger of all time, and you'll go, Are you fucking kidding me? I'm like, nope. Is this not a is this not a curb? Uh <laughs> if I say no, I no, I I I'll tell you, I can't, you know, I can't say, but it's somebody very nope. well known that by the way, this is a man. And I got to tell you, there wasn't a time that he hugged me that I didn't feel it was creepy. Oh, God. How do you not know that when you're the creepy hugger? You don't know. It's a lot of times alcohol's involved. You know what I was about to do? <laughs> For sure. I was about to tell you that someone's going to uh, send a message pitching you the creepy hugger. But I already remember an episode of Curb when somebody went up to Larry and wanted to confirm dinner uh, like a week out. And he, and he hugged Larry. And he goes, ah. Larry goes, God. He goes, what? He goes, our cheeks touched. <laughs> It's By like, the way, okay. one of the things I love about Curb is there's no, there's no lessons learned. There's no hugging. It's like it's like a whole other level from Seinfeld in terms of. Oh, but yeah. Seinfeld was pretty consistent too. Did you watch? And that? I love that. I love Seinfeld. The unfortunate thing for me with Seinfeld was it was Thursday nights and Thursday nights during its entire run. A lot of it I lived in New York. Thursday nights was doing sets. There was no staying home on Thursday. That was the night. My, my, my big night to stay home was Monday. Once I got, like when I first started, Monday was the open mic night in Florida so at the comic strip. But as things wore on when I moved to New York, Monday and usually Tuesday, because it gives you great energy to take a couple nights off. Because oh, for yeah. years, by the way, years in my career, I would work 30 days straight and not think anything of it. Once I started taking a couple of days off a week, I got funnier because you need that rest. Yeah. So I didn't really, I caught a lot of Seinfeld in syndication uh, or on DVD. You know, I watched a lot of episodes on DVD because I was not home on Thursday. Right. So I would, the last show that was on on Thursday nights that I may have watched when it was first came on was cheers like it you know because once i mean thursday night when you're a comedian that's work night there is yeah. no i don't know anybody who takes off thursdays it's i mean the real hardcore is thursday through sunday right the other ones depending on who you are and what your schedule <laughs> but i would even do tuesdays and wednesdays and just take off mondays my favorite night even to this day to do stand-up sunday right sunday every Sunday, yeah. and you know, I did it at Flappers for a long time. I look forward, hopefully, doing it again there. You're so I... great there. That's like a, such a great workout. We just go up and riff for an hour, maybe two, of, of just play. I mean, it's so great. And the audience but is people... coming there for you, and they know it's different every time. But the audience has had a weekend to relax. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you you've think, got... so think it's tougher to get them to laugh then because of that? Because they're just so no, out no. They're in such a good mood. They're a big bowl of groovy, if you will. <laughs> they, yeah, yeah. they are ready for whatever adventure you take them on. Sunday night is magic. Saturday night, on the other hand, well, we know Fridays. Get in the early show because late show is going to be hard. Yeah. Friday late shows are the notorious hard. Thursday nights can be really good, people taking long weekends. Yeah. But see, Saturday night, the, Saturday night is great, but it's not. And the reason being is everyone's weekend is defined by what they did on Saturday night. So there's a lot of pressure. That's why when you go up on Saturday night, you feel a tightness with the energy because that's their weekend. It's better be good. So it can be great. Oh, and wow. it also can be a ton of, of pain. But the, the one night that is rarely, rarely bad, it's almost like the opposite of Friday late shows where people are tired and drunk. Right is Sunday night. Sunday night is filled with joy and calmness and- Which is such a, which is such a, um, you know, I, I would venture to assume most comics, you know, when you do a weekend, Sunday is 
And I, I side with you. Sunday's one of my favorite nights because, A, it's the last show of the weekend. If I'm doing weekend of shows, it's one show. It's probably my most exploratory, fun, riff-filled, it's, it's artistic show that it's I'll artistic, ever do. Man. It's artistic. It's a delight. That's and a that's because people are filled with joy and they're relaxed. There's, uh, you feel a, a supportiveness from them, almost them being like, Without hey, a doubt. Sunday, we shouldn't even be here right now. It's for whatever reason, like, you know, doing a... Uh, I lost you. Yeah. Hold on. There you are. There we go. I lost you for a second. How do but you my audiences are supportive. Are... Yeah. Go ahead. No, go, I was going to change topics, but your audiences are supportive regardless. Yeah. Which is yeah, a, but Sunday night is like extra. It's yeah. so good. Did how much prep did you do for the uh, the special before you laid it down? I know you were working quite a well, bit. I up did to a it. few things. One was I did a lot of sets at the Improv Comedy Store, Largo. Uh, Largo. Uh, I mean, uh, uh, the did a few uh, road uh, gigs, right? I did. Prior to it, I did like five weeks on the road, but I just wanted to feel powerful. But I worked years on it. Yeah. I would say, nope, not doing it. I had it in my back pocket for years that I had a special. And then I finally do it. So I do two tapings that night. The first taping, not taping, it was digital. There's no tape anymore. And we stopped saying filming. I don't know what we call it anymore. Uh, but it was on to a memory card of some sort. It was yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, 4K or 6K or 90K. Yeah, Anyhow, um, my first show was not tight and not tightly written, but there were stories and there was an outline of the direction I wanted to take it. And it went great. So great, I was thrilled. I go up in the room and you know, Matt Edgar helped me yeah, with the show. Love Matty. I said to Matt, I go, now comes fun time. I go, now I'm just gonna let it rip. Wow. And the second show, which is my special, the stories that I love, the direction is all there, but I improvise like I invented improvising. And it, I am thrilled. It's me at my most powerful, at my most joyous. It captured me. I am so happy. That's I'm amazing. so happy. I hope I get an opportunity to do another one, two, three, four of them. Well, hold on. But, but if I never do, no. that's all. there we go. It's, 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 it is what it is, you know, if yeah. I never do. But um, plenty of time to make movies and TV shows, you know, in general. Uh, but comedy is very special. And by the way, I respect what we do as an art form, and I have great respect for it. So I'm only going to do it in the right way. It's not about anything but that. I hear you. <clears throat> yeah, you're, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, you, uh, how do you think mimes are handling this? They're not saying much. Wow, should we go out on that? <laughs> Up to you, but it was just too easy. That was a softball. That was nothing. I, uh, <laughs> I didn't know if you were going to come back with anything. I didn't know if you were going to address it. Because here's the great thing about you. Unexpected, spontaneous, consistently different, right? Which is a great uh, name for a special. But yeah. you, I didn't know if you were going to go, I see what you're doing. And mimes are people too. And actually give me an I'm answer. not going to say it like that. But I would say to you, where are you going with that? That's stupid. <laughs> I would because I'm a, by the way, you know, with me, our friendship is honest. I'm always going to be a straight shooter with you. Yeah. The only time you won't get the truth out of me, unless by some chance it is the truth, is if you make a movie and it's locked. <laughs> if you make a movie and it can't be edited and you go, what did you think? I fucking loved it. I loved it. You have to. You got no choice. Even if you're an honest dude, you got no choice because it only hurts people. Yeah. It only hurts people. Unless you find it terribly offensive, then you can go, <laughs> what the fuck were you doing? Yeah, but yeah. if it just, if it misses, like people do things, both stand-up specials and movies that I don't love, but it's easy to say something nice, yeah. but unless I fucking hate something, then, I, then I'll tell whoever it is, what the fuck were you thinking? <laughs> you know? Yeah, but people need to hear I, that in too. General, I say, in general, I say nice things. By the way, in life, I try and say nice things. It's not, no, in, unless somebody can do something about it, who needs negativity? Are you gonna come out of this uh, a couple more minutes? Are you cool? 
I don't yeah. want to get off with you. Do you think you're going to come out of this pandemic? That's one thing a buddy of mine was asking me the other day. He goes, he goes, I'm trying to come out of this pandemic better than I uh, went into it, like just on all fronts. And I'm like, oh, cool. Because he was talking about how he needs to be getting more exercise. And he's like, I'm, I'm writing a lot. He's like, but I'm getting, I'm finding that I'm, I'm, you know, meeting my motivation with, with a lot of, uh, you know, uh, lethargy. And, uh, and so I, I, sometimes we'll just kind of sit and stew and know what I want to be doing. And I'm just, again, not being consistent with the routine. And he's like, I gotta, and he said, I feel like that we're on the, you know, up and up and it's going to curb soon. And I was like, all right, well, I don't know what you're watching, but for sure, but be optimistic about it. But he's like, I want to make sure that I come out of this better on those fronts. Do you feel like okay. you're. All right, I want to tell you something. There's yeah. a couple of things to tell you about this. The reality is, if what you need to get through the day is eat a Dino's pizza and pet your dog, do it. No one's expecting anything more of you. Amen. By the way, I like being, I like writing. I like being productive. I like being part, you know, doing things. Working. It's, it, it's, 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 but, but hold on. It's incredibly difficult under these times. So you have to be kind to yourself and say, I'm okay doing nothing. I'm going to spend, spend the day in bed. Well, guess yeah. what? There's a fucking pandemic. Enjoy your sheets. Feel every thread count that you got. No, this is really yeah, true. Now, the flip is. side of this, I feel, this is me, that, uh, do you know what a lotus flower is? Ever seen a lotus flower? Yeah. Lotus flower is probably the most beautiful flower. Do you know where it grows from? Underwater in the muck. In the muck. Whoa. Here in L.A., we have a beautiful area with lotus flowers. It comes from dirt and shit. Up comes a lotus flower. I truly believe with all my heart that at the other end of this is a big fucking lotus flower. The world will still be tough. There'll be things, but there's going to be plenty of joy and a lot of it will go back to normality. There'll be crowds at games, crowds at shows. Like I feel all of that, but we don't know when, and we've got to be kind to ourselves while this fucking shit is punching us in the face. So I say to you, Adam Ray, whatever you need to do, without breaking the law or doing something terrible, which you don't, but whatever it needs to do. If you and your girlfriend want to spend the day in bed, fucking do it. If you guys want to buy a DVD of, I'm talking old time now, DVDs, or watch, you know, <laughs> we'll edit this uh, out. Mr. Rogers. I don't give a shit. It's like, do what you need to do to get through your day. No one's expecting anything. If you want to smoke two fat blunts and turn on Seal's Greatest Hits and see if it matches up with Singing in the Rain, go for it. Wow, that would be a weird adventure. <laughs> because I never heard that those two match like Pink Floyd. They uh, uh, and uh, and uh, have Wizard you tried that in Wizard of Oz? Have you done that? I've seen it online. It's pretty amazing. Fuck. And also, it's better than Seal's greatest hits. He did do some really good songs. He did. What? If yeah, some really great songs. That one from the Batman movie a few years ago oh, from, Kiss Rose. from Rose. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> I dare you. I dare you to make a better song than that. <laughs> That song is produced well, sung well, like every aspect of it. It's got all it, the emotion that you want in a in a rock ballad, you know? Oh, it's just, it's beautiful. Rain, but it I, looks I like tears. I, I like his early, I, I don't love, you know, I wouldn't buy Seal's Greatest Hits. Now, but I, he did some great work. <laughs> and, he may do some more, and he may do some more in the future. Do, uh, have you, has anyone ever told you like, hey man, if you listen to like, you know, Cher's second album while you're watching. I want someone to eat cheese with. Dude, your fucking mind's gonna be blown, man. No, that's you trying to be funny. What are you doing? We had such a real moment until then. Looking for my dog. <laughs> yeah, but, but but by the way, Cher's second album with my yeah. movie, you could have done a better choice than that. Who would you? Okay, so if we're playing that and not... So, are right, here we ready? Ready? Here we go. I'm gonna do one that's Please, even do me better. better. So this is going to be fucking weird. I happened, your movie was on, and my girlfriend at the same time, I went to, she's with us on, she put on, years ago, she was doing it as a joke, the Olsen twins made an album, and she put it on, and I swear to God, not all of it, but a lot of it matches up with your movie. It's very funny. It's very funny. Well, it's not very funny, no. But for that premise, it's funnier. And it was more specific. It, no, <laughs> and I it was, played it real. I played it real. Yeah, you did. You didn't play it real. Play I shit know. real, man. Don't try so hard. Don't yeah, put a right. spin on things. You're a natural talent. 
You're special, Adam Ray. So I should have been like, fuck around. So I should have been like, hey, so I don't know if you know this, Jeff, but Nick Lachey of 98 Degrees, he was in the group, obviously, for like three to four years, right? And then they all kind of did their thing. He married Jessica Simpson. She became a huge star. So he decided to kind of, you know, piggyback on that success and do his own thing. So he did a solo album. Didn't do huge on the charts, but he had two songs that went like double platinum. The second song, if you listen to that while watching the opening scene of Jurassic Park, it's almost to the note, like as the gate so, opens. That's good. And I would say to you saying that to me, you're full of shit. Is this true? Fuck yeah, it is. Oh, no. See, that wasn't good. The fuck yeah, it is. was bad. I'd reshoot that. I'd reshoot the fuck yeah. Here, let me do fuck yeah, it is for you. Yeah. Ask me. So wait, so, so Nick Lachey and the opening scene of Jurassic Park lines up? Oh, it, it's fucking weird. I know you don't think it's real, but I swear to God, it's fucking weird it happens. <laughs> Because you got to remember how absurd it is what you're saying. Yeah. Don't say fuck yeah it is. That's a normal thing. To say. Also, it's like again, my brain goes the curb with the voice going way up when it. You know, oh yeah, I know, like... I know, I know. But but just make everything real. You're make good. it real. Yeah, By you're the way, right. my only co- I got a comedy lesson for you. Ready? Great. Don't put a spin on things. Just say, it. and either you're funny or you're not. And you bring to the table whatever energy you bring to the table. Wow, that's fucking. It's true. And by the way, you know, uh, actors, I see actors do it all the time, but you know who does it more than anyone? Ingenues, beautiful young actresses. They will put a spin on the way they say something. It's like, no, 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 no. I met Neil Simon, and uh, he told me when actors would come in and audition for his plays, if any of them put a spin on something, they were done. And by the way, I can tell you, when you audition for Curb, you've already done Curb. Yeah. But when you audition for Curb, it is exactly the same thing. You come in and put a spin on something, Larry has written you off. You're right. he wants the real moment. Oh, I remember uh, how I know my audition was going well was, was hearing him break and, look, and then turning and seeing you break. But also, and you had told me that before I went in, you were like, you know the show. You're, you know, I know you're obsessed. You watch it, you know, before you go to bed, but just keeping it real. And, and they tell you, too, like, even Allison Jones, like, don't try to be funny. But by, by the way, you know, talk about somebody who believes in you, Allison Jones, best cast, right. best comedy casting director in the business of all time. And she yeah. knows she knows you're a fucking. St- oh, we lost you, Jeffy. All right. Well, that was it for Garland. I think the battery is getting low. I think he's going to go get a Dino's pizza. Guys, thanks for watching. That was fucking incredible. Um, Again, the great Jeff Garland. I'll be sharing this on my page. And uh, and that's all she wrote. Guys, enjoy your weekend. Hey, what day is it? Tuesday? Hey, you can say that this early on. Um, go watch Jeff's special, by the way. It's fucking brilliant. And, uh, and it's on Netflix. And, uh, and uh, Goldberg's Curb writes everything. Dr. Phil. No, I'm not going to do Dr. Phil. We're going to end on a high note. All right, love you, Jeffy. Bye, guys.
Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.